Hello, David and Craig. Hi, Vicky. Hello. It's so good to see you both again. And with an, two new releases, could you tell me everything about Love and Quarantine and Demon Fighter? Well, I'll take one, Craig, you take the other. <laughs> Which one you Fair want? Fair enough. I, I'll yeah. take Love and Quarantine, if you don't mind. Okay. Just, I'll talk well, about just, well, I'll just because I think, fight. yeah, because I think that's an interesting story. Um, and I can tell David, if, if I tell David, it sounds okay. If he does, it, it may sound self-centered, but I, I think the particular, right. I, I think the particularly fun or behind the scenes story uh, with respect to love and quarantine, we were on the last day shoot of Demon Fighter. And I think it was in the evening. And David came to me about this idea he had for our next film. And we started going over it. And I thought, that is so cool. So after we wrapped Demon Father the next day, David started writing Love and Quarantine. And I, I think, you know, within the title of the film, we can all relate to it. A married couple for years find themselves in quarantine and how we all would respond, right? And, you know, we can all relate to that those of us married, how we responded to certain things. And, you know, elements that over the years, eh, maybe it gets under your skin a little bit, but you kind of look the other direction. Well, now when you're around <laughs> each other 24, Brian, 24, seven, you say, you know what, another thing, I've never liked the way that you chew broccoli. So it, it's just, um, it's fun and a, a lot of good moments. And I, I think David did a, and it's being received thankfully really well. And David did a, a solid job as, as always, uh, in writing the script. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Demon fighter. David, over to you. Well, Demon Fighter was originally a script we had written, and uh, it was uh, meant to have a lead character more my age. And after we wrote the script, we both liked it, and I was even considering doing the part. And then one day it occurred to me, nobody wants to see some old guy doing this. Oh, some <laughs> guy doing. So we both agreed and I rewrote the script and I wrote it for a guy like uh, the star of the movie, John Azuna, uh, a master John Azuna, I may add. And uh, he holds two world titles. Uh, one of them, fastest punch ever thrown. The other one, these are world records. And the other one is number of punches in a minute. Over no way. Yeah, 735 punches in a minute. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a blur. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's an actor already. Uh, he's a stunt coordinator as well. Uh, he's been involved in uh, numerous projects, including The Matrix, uh, Venom 2. Uh, the guy's well known. So we were yeah. pleased to have him. Uh, we brought him on and uh, we decided uh, let's... Uh, put this thing together let's make a movie about a uh, a martial artist who's a priest yeah it happens to be uh, an exorcist so we didn't make him a standard priest we made him more of a academician a jesuit yeah jesuits are the teachers of uh, the priesthood and uh, that's what he is uh, but he's also an exorcist and he fights uh, demons in the you know, uh, the souls of man, uh, as well as in the streets uh, and dealing with his own demons. Uh, he's, oh my gosh. 
this no, sounds no, right no. up my street i tell you i love stuff like this well, <laughs> i will be watching action, it's an action movie with a very uh, a psychological thriller concept uh based on demons and possession yeah uh starring jeff hatch who was in yes uh, the crumbs yeah uh, played dr benjamin crumb yeah well he plays uh mr stark in this movie who is who becomes possessed by the demon and eventually uh does some other things i won't give all that away yeah uh, he does a killer job we were so impressed with jeff's performance uh, as usual he brings his own style to it uh, he's not a guy i have to sit down and do a whole lot with when i'm working right the director so we're, we're very pleased and uh, we brought Jeannie young on uh, she was in demon fighter and of course she is the star as well in uh, love and quarantine her and N.J. Brown are in Love and Quarantine, but they were also actors in Demon Fighter. N.J. had a supporting role as a neighbor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not that he was nosy, but, you know, a very observant. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was nosy. Yeah. And uh, so when I came up with the idea of the quarantine. I just thought Jeannie would be perfect and NJ would be perfect. We wanted a biracial couple. So as crazy as it sounds, right after we finished shooting Demon Fighter, which had multiple locations uh, and we shot it in a relatively quick period of time. What was it, uh, 13, 14 days? 13 oh, days. Really, 13, 13 days? days? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a killer, killer, killer crew. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what accounts for that. And actors who uh, know what they're doing, uh, bring it all the time. Anastasia Katarina, she was the actor who plays Avalon in Demon Fighter. Uh, yeah. Just a pleasure to work with. A beautiful young lady, very talented. Uh, she brought it all every single time. Uh, yeah. Her, her co-star working with her plays Daniel, uh, that young man, incredible actor. So we, it, it, it's a combination of things. But despite how much we were involved in Demon Fighter, I don't know what got into it. I think it was Craig. Um, yeah. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> we came back from Ooh. shooting Demon Fighter and I wrote the script to Love and Quarantine and we shot Demon Fighter in, in 2020 in the summer, the last couple of weeks right. of July. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, June, June into the July. first week of July. And the following February, just before Valentine's weekend that week, we started shooting Love and Quarantine. So we shot both of these films. We already had Demon Fighter in post-production. It was a complicated film, had a lot of lot of footage that we were sorting through. So we got them both in. And because we have extremely talented people working with us, Josh Williams, uh, Brad Durante, uh, I mean, so many, Jerry Gonzalez, uh, so many other people working on these films in post, we were able to get both of these films completed around the same time. That's right. so interesting. So, we released Love and Quarantine 
had a premiere, received very well. We were very excited about it. People were laughing in the right places and acknowledging. Their own, <laughs> uh, sim- yeah, that's important. You know, it's supposed to be a comedy, right? But at the premieres, do you ever get shocked at things people laugh at, thinking, oh, that wasn't meant to be that funny, or, oh, they didn't laugh at that part? You know, <laughs> do, you, do you ever get surprised by the audience? I Not... <laughs> Not to the point of embarrassment, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 Vicky, to your point, David and I know where all the exits are. So <laughs> oh, no. we you sit at the back of the audience <laughs> near the door. That's right. That's the first oh. thing you learn about this business. Where's the door? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say too, just. As a side question, um, 13 days, was that always planned to be 13 days or was that quicker than you thought, longer than you thought? No, we spent a lot of time in pre-planning production. Uh, Before we even get to shooting anything, we have thoroughly flushed out exactly what we perceive to be how many days, notwithstanding, you know, things that occur unexpected you know folly right or whatever may happen Uh, but aside from that we're pretty much on schedule which is one of the things that uh, makes our supporters i.e investors people of that nature want to continue working with us because we deliver on time in on budget right Uh, we're, we're big on that so the business side of what we do is equally as important as the artistic aspect they have to they have to equally be paid attention to in order for us to achieve our goals, which are get the films out and entertain people. Yeah. Right. Simple yeah. as that. When we originally spoke, you'd had uh, the crumbs released, um, which I loved. I really loved it. Um, was there anything different in making these new films as opposed to that film? Was there any learning processes there or? not really kind of knew what what you were going to do there well there's always a learning curve with each film because each film has its own quirks and and uh certain aspects for example in uh the evil down the street all the basement scenes were shot in an old deserted uh building 100 miles away from the main set so right. we went there and shot everything that had to do with the basement first, all out of sync, of course. But we had planned that in advance. Uh, I, I think the most complicated thing, Craig, maybe you would chime in on this, is uh, coordinating in reference to line producing uh, all the right. various locations and things. Yeah, and that's a good point, David raises. Um, the structure of how we go about filmmaking, Vicki, uh, preceding evil down the street has remained the same like what david said and yourself we're always learning you're always striving to be the best at whatever it is you're doing but the coordination part is the real key the 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 item that changes is the product which in our case is the film but the structure and the organization from line producing to making sure we have the sets that um, everybody's coordinated where they are from the address location, just every every part, every every aspect that we go through. And David spends a lot of time on the shot list. I mean, just imagine like here in the States, 
going into Super Bowl Sunday, which is the biggest football game of the year here, you don't you just don't show up and say, I don't know, why don't you just go long and we'll throw you the ball and hopefully you can catch it. Know that you know we have everything well choreographed. So going into it, we've allowed for wiggle room, such as evil down the street. The first day of the shoot, we receive a text message 30 minutes before cameras start rolling that our onset editor suddenly wasn't feeling doing a paranormal horror film. And he had all of this time in which he reached out to us. Um, the crumbs uh, before we shot anything, um, the still camera, the still photographer's camera by an accident ended up getting destroyed. So there's always some twisty giggle, but thankfully the structure that David and I have, you know, you, you have to factor in the unforeseen. Expect the unexpected. Always. Right, exactly. <laughs> With Love and Quarantine, it's a comedy. Was it always intentional to look back at the pandemic in this genre, just to feel human again, I guess? Yeah, uh, from the onset, it was about identifying our own uh, personalities, uh, how we focus on trivial things, make mountains out of molehills yeah. and what we need to do is develop a little more patience and understanding why do we love somebody you know mm -hmm. uh, revisit that from the beginning and constantly tell yourself that despite the fact that this human being's driving me crazy <laughs> i love them i love them with all my heart <laughs> fantastic <laughs> and, and i think that's that's really what's What's a, the key to the movie? When we were shooting it, the cast members, as well as crew members, asked me a few times, are you sure this is a comedy? It doesn't seem all that funny. <laughs> because, because, well, some of the best comedies are not that funny. You've got to really think about it. <laughs> well, what makes it funny is the playing the reality of the situation. And we, as peeping Toms, observers, we get, we get to poke in and watch how these two crazies are at each other's yeah. throat over who opened the can wrong. Yes. Yeah. Something as uh, mad as that. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this, so I, I think one of the best uh, compliments I felt we got about the film is people saying, it, I could see my a couple telling us this. We were looking at each other going, you do that, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think watching this film, we'll all see things that we all experienced during that time, right. but probably still experiencing now. But um, I was going to ask as well, you've got a comedy and you've got a horror. Are there anything, anything like, what's, is there a similar process when you're writing horror and you're writing comedy? Is one easier than the other, potentially? I. Uh you know, it's strange you asked that question because uh, everything, as we work on things, I write for a reality, a sense of reality. The situation could occur. It's not so far-fetched. Even though we may be discussing something that in reality is a bit stretched, is a bit far-fetched, that's the beauty and that's the magic of filmmaking. If you can create a scenario and you have actors that are gifted to bring the life to whatever situation you develop, 
and the lines, the words, give them emotion, give them life, then you're going to captivate somebody's attention. And that is where they suspend their disbelief and they get into what you're doing. So we've seen very uh, realistically done films on simple topics and issues. Mm -hmm. And then we've seen films that were so complicated and so, oh my, uh, you know, like Waterworld. Okay, I actually <laughs> okay, I shouldn't like, laugh. I shouldn't laugh. I mean, they spent a lot of time and money and energy and yeah. played the reality of the situation and it still didn't work. Yeah. 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 It's true, that isn't it? Yeah. So, how you know, and if we had had just what one tenth of the money they spent on that, Craig, how many movies would we be able to make? <laughs> About a, over a hundred. <laughs> we make movies on shoestring. <laughs> Nuts, over a hundred. I actually didn't mind that film, but I know it got completely panned, didn't it? And just bombed everywhere. But yeah, crazy. It was a crazy it's film. It, it's, it, it's, its plot was based on a very weak theme. You know, if they had used something a little, you know, more important, cigarettes? I mean, what are we in prison? And I get the analogy. Yeah. I get the analogy, yeah. the prison analogy, but come on, cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they could have also, made fresh water or, you know, some life-saving, sustaining, you know, elements, something, but cigarettes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Kevin Costner had the best line after that film. He says, I will never do another film that involves water. Because it just... <laughs> they, because again, like what we said, you know, they would have done all their pre-production uh, planning, which you don't anticipate cameras falling overboard, all, all, the, all the things that go on. And, you know, shooting a film on water like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Costner will never do that again. I know I've Stop spoken. Um, sorry, I, I was just going to say I spoke. I've spoken to Philip Noyce when he was filming uh, Dead Calm. And he was just like, Mother Nature was the director. And it, it was very hard at times, you know, and completely unexpected the way the weather would change as well. So, yeah, it, it doesn't sound such fun, <laughs> such a fun environment <laughs> to film on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you touched upon theme there. Would you say that there's a, a certain theme to your films? Well, we certainly try to do that. Running and... through. In our mission statement, we say our mission is to entertain, inform, and enlighten. Mm -hmm. But principally, it's to entertain, because if we can't keep your attention, we're never going to be able to inform you of anything, and you'll never reach some understanding. Now, you've, you're talking about something that's sensitive to myself and to Craig. It's right. being didactic, uh, preaching in a film about you should think this way or behave this way or believe this or believe yeah. that. Ah, that's crap. I can't handle that. Yeah. I can't handle films that do that. Uh, they disturb me. So we try to not do that. We try to create films that are entertaining. And I'll, I'll use Crumbs as an example. Mm -hmm. That film, the theme in there is family. Yeah. And the love of and the structure of family right and how family will survive and do whatever is necessary in order to survive now 
we placed it in some circumstances with some pretty wild, crazy people. They're, mm -hmm. they're not somebody you want to invite to dinner. Okay, they're horrible human beings. But we set it up in such a way that one of the best compliments I got was people saying, you know, at the end, I really didn't hate them. I kind of liked yeah. them. Yeah. And, yeah. And what's that say about us and our own humanity? <laughs> I mean, they're very representative of a dysfunctional family. Where that's hey, pretty aren't common, we all isn't it? to some degree? Okay, yeah. we're not as bad as these people. We're not cannibals and murderers <laughs> and incestual. And I mean, good God, they're disgusting, you know. But uh, that right there, thematically, uh, the statement comes across once you, if you think about the film a little bit, because you see it's a character study. You know, despite everything that's going on, it's about the interactions between this family and with yeah. each other and those on the outside to come in. If you have a reservation, you know, you're good to go. Yeah. But if you don't, you're going to go. Yeah. And it's, you know, so that's how that works. But then you get to a movie like Love and Quarantine, a comedy. And what's the theme there? Well, true love conquers all. It's simple. Love, love overcomes everything. If if it's if it's real, it, it's it's acceptable. It's understandable. It's respectful. It, it it doesn't have pride. It does all those beautiful things that you know cause the relationship to flourish. You know when we look at when we look at uh, the evil down the street. Thematically, it, it's wrapped up in one sentence at the very end, as corny as it is. You know, uh, love waits. Love doesn't give up. Yeah. You know, so for us, themes that are based on acceptance, are based on understanding, based on respect, based on love uh, and forgiveness. Those right. are the themes that we try to embed in our films without being didactic. Because if I can't entertain you, if we can't hold your attention, What's the point anyway, right? Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you a bit about the filmmaking process and as directors, are there any other directors that you kind of admire or try and emulate in your work at all? Well, I would say for both of us, Alfred Hitchcock. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you have Spielberg and Martin Scorsese and different ones. And sure, you appreciate their body of work. But, you know, David and I, surprise, surprise, are slightly older than probably some of your viewers. And so, you know, we were, we were part of that era, you know, growing up with Hitchcock. So for me, that's in the number one song. Yeah. David, would you say the same? I'd say pretty much, yeah. Yep. I, I like Spielberg a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hitchcock, though, was a, a master of suspense and his camera use, uh, the way he did things, uh, he created uh, stuff out of nothing. Yeah. Which, which is what I, I liked about Hitchcock, you know. But remember something about Hitchcock. He had really good actors. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. He was smart enough to get actors who had the ability to communicate extremely yeah. effective, uh, nuanced 
emotion. Yeah. With a wince of an eye, with a turn of the face, with a movement of the hand. You know, and, and those types of actors, of course, Oscar winners that we're discussing, you know, the, the, yeah, I won't go through the list. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. That a director is only as good as the people he's working with. Uh, although I have seen directors who are able to get out of somebody something that that actor didn't know they had in them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's that's a whole different thing. That's a, an approach and a style of, of working. You know, I think there's basically two types of actors. Those that look at the picture and those that look at the actor. Okay. Um, I try to fall someplace in the middle. I focus a lot on the actors and their performance and what they're doing, what they're communicating. I trust the cinematographers that I work with, that are camera people, that they know how to frame a shot, that they know what they're doing. So part of our pre-production is going through this with them, having uh, <clears throat> a shot list, having done storyboarding, having looked at things, discussed them. So then we get on set, we're not showing up the first day going, okay, well, uh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, we know exactly what shot, what angle, what's first, who's in it, you know, yeah. where it's done. So people arrive and they get to get to functioning. Yeah. That's how we get things done. So I would say then my next question is, uh, what advice would you have for independent filmmakers? I assume that would be it really to have everything so organized. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Go ahead, Craig. I'll let you start with that. Yeah, organization, organization, organization. Um, if you do not have a tight plan at all going into it, it's like what David just said, you're going to show up and somebody's going to say, okay, who um, wants to be the camera guy? And, you know, you can't, if you don't have a plan going in, how are you really going to create anything with any degree of value, unless it's just dumb luck. And yeah. at the same time, Vicki, with that said, that you're, you have pre-production, production, post-production, post and then let's say after that, of course, is distribution. Now you have a film, what are you going to do? And so many indie filmmakers that David and I know, they think just because they have distribution, that's that's the secret sauce. Now, now, now we're, we have it easy. No, your, your work is continuing on. If that film is going to do well, you certainly better be doing that. It's thankfully you having us as guests on your show. Um, marketing, you know, Facebook, all the social media sites. So it's a process that you have to have from beginning to end. And that's what David and I do. Great, and thank I, you. And, and I might add real briefly relative to the organizing. I, I cannot stress the importance of taking your script apart from the very, after you've written it, giving each scene a sentence to identify it. Numerically list your scene so you know exactly how many you have. Then on the right side, list what's in that scene. Is it day, night, interior, exterior? What's the costume requirements? How many actors are in it? Are there props necessary? Is there food involved in the scene? Yeah. what's going on so yeah. at a glance whoever's working with you especially your assistant director you know uh, 
they know what's going on immediately. Also, you set decorators, people understand. They go right, right to it. Oh, scene 15. Oh, I see Terry meets John in the kitchen. I got it. And they know right exactly what to do. So this planning is so important, but it even goes one step further than that. Thinking of this as a business, unless you're in it just for you know weekend views with the family, if you really want to get your films out there, you need a business plan to set your business up as you're working it. Your product is the film. Your business is whoever for us, it's CRA Entertainment and we produce films. And so with each film, we create a business plan relative to it. We can show exactly what the market looks like relative to this genre, relative to what's exactly going on, this topic, these issues, all those things. And a little market research, it's easy stuff, especially with Google. Oh, you can find that information out like that. The real problem is people not looking at making films as an artistic business. Yeah. They see it just as the art. And yeah. when you do that, you're approaching it straight up with just your ego. Right. Because right. I have to make this film. It's my baby. And you go, well, you know, we plan on having a lot of children and we're going to love them all equally. Okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep them focused the right way. So plan, 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 as Craig was saying, that's, that's the key. That's such a good point. I think I know so many writer friends of mine and it's just about the script and nothing more further from that. So yeah, it's really good. Where can we watch Love and Quarantine and Demon Fighter? Sure, well, Love and Quarantine, certainly Tubi TV, Amazon Prime and Demon Fighter currently would be Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, Tubi TV, literally any day. And then after that, Vicky, it'll, it'll start, start to populate on other platforms such as uh, the Roku channel, yeah. um, the Evil Down the Street and the Crumbs, also available on several uh, horror channels on YouTube, which is, which is cool. That has really proven successful with us. But sp specifically in those two films, uh, Tubi TV for Love and Quarantine and Amazon Prime for both those films. Fantastic. And what will you be working on next? Or are you taking a break now? If you um, ever take a break, you two. We're too old. We're too old. You You're always working. Your life passes by. <laughs> what, what's next yeah. in the pipeline? Anything special coming up? Or we have a after few these scripts. two? <laughs> yeah, we have a few scripts we're working on. Uh, one yeah. we're currently developing that we really like. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're always uh, uh, considering things. Our factors are very plain. We are a low cost uh, indie film business. So we mm -hmm. keep that at the forefront of where we're at with things. But oh yeah, we got stuff working on. We, our goals are 10 films, we're on film number five. So uh, we're, we're dead at it. And when we reach 10 films, we're gonna look at two factors. Uh, how did they turn out and are we still enough or young enough uh, to do any more <laughs> and there's one more and there's one more for me and that is heading out of dodge and do some traveling so oh there, right. there, there's yeah after 10 uh, uh there's there's a break in there wonderful talking of traveling i will be heading over to america your last piece of advice please if i bump into the crumbs 
What do I do? <laughs> oh my gosh, get a reservation. That's an easy one. Go on yeah. a reservation. Yeah, yeah. If I bump into them at Disney World, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A whole new, a whole new version of the Magic Kingdom. So oh, no. good, good, yeah. good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast again, and all the best with Love and Quarantine and Demon Fighter. And I cannot wait to see it. And I will review it on the blog and leave links too for everyone to check out as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky. Pleasure being here. Take care, Great. everybody. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.